Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's episode of Roundabout Sports, presented by Interstate 70 Sports Media, where our passion is our profession. Thank you so much for tuning in this Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen. I am the maestro, Jeremy Carp, and alongside me, yes, she is back and better than ever, the one, the only, Amazing Babs. Hey, guys. How are you? Excuse my voice. I'm trying to get over strep throat. Oh, it ha- it's okay. It happens to everybody. Now, I, you showed me before the show the shirt you're wearing. So explain to the audience just exactly what you're <laughs> rocking tonight. I'm So I got an XL Therapy shirt okay. with a Willie Mays quote so, on the back. But show them what you got. So it's like a Tyler O'Neill goat shirt. And it's got goat and then Tyler O'Neill. But it's got like the monster, like beefy Tyler O'Neill on it. And it's really oh awesome. Gosh. Google shirts is amazing. <laughs> Google shirt, uh, absolutely. And first off, and thank you so much to the amazing folks at the Wrestle Talk podcast. Um, I'm so proud to be a part of the family, and that we at Interstate Sports Media sponsor them. Check them out; they are the premier wrestling podcast in the area. Um, also, and I'm sure he'll be he's tuning in. If he's not, I mean, he'll still appreciate the shout out anyway. And that's Christopher Miles. Um, issues with wrestling with Christopher Miles is every Sunday at six o'clock central standard time, um, top 100 wrestling podcast on Apple podcast, which is always wonderful. Of course, as always, I want to give a shout out to our dear friend, Hollywood, James Knox. We are always thinking of, you know, you're going through a lot in your personal life, but we're all praying for you and we love you, buddy. And can't wait for you to be back. Although Babs might be getting a little comfortable where she's at right now. <laughs> it's all mine, James. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I always appreciate my dad and mom tuning in. I know they had dad had Hi, a wonderful Mark, birthday la- had a wonderful birthday last week. And I know he uh on top of that was uh tuning in uh while him and mom were down in Florida. So that's always great. And folks, be sure to, and I know comments are pouring in um thank you sean a loyal follower tuning in like i said please comment like subscribe um some of the topics we're going to be talking about tonight we're going to kick things off with a little bit of wwe because there was some breaking news that came in this morning but later on we're going to be talking about the world baseball classic um do henson's going to be on the show to talk about nfl free agency with uh myself Babs is going to be here for the first hour of the show, um, and then she has to step away because uh, parenting duty calls. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we'll delve it a little bit into the fact that even though the Battle Hawks lost last week, guess what? It's home opener week, baby. Come on. We got – oh, my gosh. I am so pumped. Uh, they are anticipating the good. I was talking with the good doctor earlier. He anticipates over 30,000 fans to fill up the dome at America Center for this home opener. Now, Babs, I want before we get into the WWE talk, I want to really um, bring this to your attention. So it's a 10 game season, and literally five of the last of the next seven home uh games will be at home isn't that crazy to think about 
Yeah, and I've also noticed that I went to, I just went to Ticketmaster to see what kind of tickets were still available. And there's literally only like about five or six sections that are open for tickets to be bought. So it looks to be almost like a complete sellout. Yeah, from from what tickets are available, it is looking like it'll be a complete sellout for uh, the Battlehawks home opener against the Arlington Renegades. And I will say that run, starting running back Brian Hill will be playing. Um, there was a big-time brawl at the end of the game against the D.C. Defenders, the ones where, unfortunately, the Battlehawks fell 34-28. Um, so there was – there's only one player getting suspended, but the others are – it's just, you know, minor fines. Um but I think when it's in the grand scheme of things, you know, they did get lucky in that regard because Brian Hill, to me, is not Matt Jones. He's not like Matt Jones was for the Battle Hawks in 2020. But at the same time, he's still a solid back. Um, and like I said, we're gonna try. We're gonna later on have the Good Doctors power rankings on, and I'll just kind of go through them as far as what he sees heading into. A uh, brand new week. But first, I'm going to hand the floor to you because you were on top of this story, you along with uh, Chris for Miles, about what was reported with WWE this morning. Um, a mass email was sent out to, I guess, media relations people and also their talent saying that they will not be bought by a major corporation and that they were indeed trying to go private. Um, normally when stuff like this gets sent out to talent and other forms of uh, information givers that uh, something's close, something is definitely in the, in the air. And um, that almost opens up the opportunity for Saudi Arabia, like everybody has been kind of speculating that they were going to, to buy. And um, I actually think that them staying private is also maybe a little bit better for them in the long scheme of things because they can keep doing what they're doing and then they won't have to change themselves for somebody else, if that makes any sense. So hopefully we'll get some answers maybe after WrestleMania. Um, I'll be looking into this more and hopefully I'll have some more information for you guys next week for it. Well, my biggest thing of the idea of going private, first off, it creates more controversy over who they're going to sell to. You know, the biggest controversy among um, the fans and people of the FDIC and, you know, this is a, this is not just a personal, a public issue, this is a corporate issue as well, is the fact that a lot of people are afraid that the WWE will be sold to Saudi, the Saudi um, group in Saudi Arabia that is looking to purchase the company. Um, and now, will you, the Saudis actually have that? I think Vince was asking for what, $9.2 billion for the WWE. Do you think that they will actually like do that? Or do you think they think Vince is crazy for that? A little. Well, that is a massive price tag to put. And I, and I get it. You know, WWE is the world's largest wrestling promotion. Um, 
But this is the thing. He was unanimous. McMahon was unanimously elected as the executive chairman back in January. Um, and the reason this was done was to make it to where the potential sale talks ahead of the company's media rights renewal. Um, and meanwhile, JP Morgan is advising WWE in this potential sale. But um, the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund does remain a viable option to buy the company from Vince. And this has been something that's been going on for weeks now, that that is a possibility. Whether or not it becomes to fruition remains to be seen. Well, uh, my other question is, since, you know, it has been speculated that it's been Saudi, who else is there in the running? I mean, I've heard rumblings, you know, Tony Khan of, you know, AEW has been kind of, been kind of hilariously commenting on buying WWE lately, but I honestly don't see anybody else that's actually in the running for it, like actual running for it, instead of just hearsay. Yeah, and it's interesting because it was brought out this morning that uh, Nick Khan, the CEO of WWE, said that if a sale of the company would lead to McMahon no longer being a part of the company at all, um, McMahon said he would be fine with it. He was uh, speaking with uh, uh, Raja Giri on CNBC. Um, and, well, Con Nick Khan was, and he said McMahon is, quote, completely fine with the idea of a sale leading to his permanent removal. Um, yes, Tony Khan's been floating around as a rumor, rumored name as well. I don't see that going through. You know, historically. I don't see Vince. I yeah, I don't see Vince doing that. That's just, yeah. I think that's oh, just boy. kind of a hilarious. Oh, no. Hey, it's your bestie. No, it's not. No. It's, it's your, best, your best friend. No, that's my best friend. That's yeah, my yeah. best don't friend. Don't get me Hi, started. That's, that's your bestie. I'm not I know. Even. Gosh, well, what? it was a good night. Heat. It's always something with Jared. Jared, I did nothing wrong to you. Okay, and, and Jared... You know, you're a big wrestling fan yourself, so be sure to comment and tell us what you think in regards to this whole WWE sale, um, because uh, this is what's interesting. So if WWE gets sold, this is a report by Bleacher Report, uh, there's reportedly interest among the potential buyers uh, in keeping Triple H and Stephanie as key parts of the company. Um, so... Obviously, Shane McMahon's no longer involved in the company. Oh, my Vince, gosh. What a swerve that would be. Like, he comes on the screen like he did for WCW, and it's Shane, and he's like, I bought WWE. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. As long as something better comes of it than what the Alliance storyline was. Yeah. And here, here's yeah. an interesting one that Jared put on. Comcast. So, if Comcast were to buy... WWE, um, you know, there was a story earlier about that they might be out of the running, 
but they were named as an obvious bidder given the multiple deals it's already had to air both Monday Night Raw and NXT on the USA Network each week. They also have, because they are um, the parent company of NBC Universal, they have the whole WWE Network library on the right. Peacock streaming service. So it does make sense that you would have Comcast there. Um, as far as a creative say, uh, Jared says both Hunter and uh, Nick Khan should. This is the most prominence that Nick Khan has had while with WWE. And it's ironic because it's all in an effort for it to get sold. That That's yep. to me the... Uh, the funny thing in all of this. Um, so I don't know. I look at um, CNBC's David Faber had talked to Nick Khan a few weeks ago and <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the idea of bringing together UFC and WWE would be very robust, which is exactly what would happen should these two, should uh, Comcast end up buying WWE? And I think one of the biggest things is having both UFC and WWE apart. So I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting scenario that's going on right now. Um, I just, it's not only shocking that we're at this point, but it's shocking that how we got to this point. Yes, very much so. Like, the fact that it's because of um, basically what happened with Vince McMahon and just everything. Yeah, now, I, I agree with this. Anything's better. The last thing I need is WWE on Disney+. Plus. Please, no. Oh, I, Please. I totally agree with that. Please, for the love of mercy, no. And this is a guy who has Disney Plus and likes most stuff on there. But look, we 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 don't no. need a Seth Rollins as like a Disney prince. I'm just saying because yeah. it would be awesome though. But just no, no, no. I I absolutely agree. Um, and bear with me one second while I pull up what Jared was saying. He says if you are a shareholder in WWE. There was an email this morning that um, you and I both were actually able to uh, take a look at. Um, even and we're not shareholders, but we thank uh, those who were able to send that our way. Um, yes, and it basically explained that they are going private soon. So that seems like the done deal. It's just now the matter of where they're going from here in regards to sale. Yeah, and it's also, like I said, they also have to think of, of what's going to happen to the future of the company if they do sell because they have all these little working pieces in process right now, and it's just like, will they have to change their, their platform? Will they have to change how they, they produce the shows? And it's all these little things that add up, and I, I just hope that, that they're smart about it and they don't well, just go for the money, so to speak. Well, it's interesting because, okay, here's an example. Um, say uh, the Saudi public you know, investment fund does purchase WWE. Well, then I hate to say it, but just 
I mean, what does this do for women's wrestling? We know the human rights issues in Saudi Arabia. Um, yep. You know, um, it took, what, how many years until they finally allowed a women's match, wrestling match, in Saudi Arabia? And even then, the females uh, that were in attendance attending that show, the women had to be accompanied by a man. So... For example, mm-hmm. you could not have personally bought a ticket on your own accord, you know. And yep. I say to myself, would that turn, would that type of thing turn off people from WWE? Like saying that oh, on a moral ground. Just, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just like you said, on a moral ground, I think it would turn a lot of people away just because of who it is. And I don't mean that in a bad way, so to speak, but I kind of mean that as we all know what's going on over there and we all know what happens and, and yeah. So I, I, it's like I said, I honestly hope that they go about this the smart way and not just think of the money because it's like I said, they have to think of, well, they have to change everything. Well, they have to change their production and their, and the females, what would happen with them? Right. You're exactly right. Yeah, Jared says Nick Khan has more heart than money in the conversation, which can't say for everybody in the uh in the business that's known as business, you know. Yes. The the interesting thing is the the old saying money talks. It's actually true. People want to say, oh, that's not true. No, it 100 percent is. And that's the sad reality of a lot. But um Vince wants more money than Hart for the industry he basically created. Well, the way I look at it, Vince didn't create the industry, but he revolutionized it. You know, this was started by his father and his grandfather and, you know, all the amazing men in the territories. Um, But Vince had this vision to do something a lot more drastic, a lot more bolder, and a lot you know, larger. And that's what is led to literally World Wrestling Entertainment. Although now they don't even call it that. They just say WWE. Yeah. Do you think like, uh, do you think that Triple H and, you know, Stephanie may have a little bit of a say-so about what happens with their company? Yeah, Yeah. Because at the end of the day, look, as much as Vince is you. You put up the sale worth at nearly ten billion dollars. The sale price. Um, now, <coughs> excuse me, guys. Say, say Vince buy get sells it for eight and a half billion. You know, I'm just gonna throw a number out there. So we take the eight and a half billion sold, and WWE something happens. Everybody leaves, and they fold a year or two later. Let's not act like Vince is gonna be happy about that. Just oh, because right, he got yeah. his money. Um, so Jared's saying how Vince is selfish. <sighs> I'm not gonna act he like is, he is, but he's not though. That's what I'm saying. He's he is, but he isn't. He's done selfish things. Um big time. He's made a lot of he's d- been a lot of failures, you know, and from a personal life perspective, don't even get me started on how terrible he is. But yes. 
we would not, let me put it this way. You and I would not be watching professional wrestling on Mondays and uh, Fridays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays, you know, all these days. We wouldn't be going to all these, uh, for the majority of these independent shows that inspired others to start up promotions if it were not for Vince McMahon. And it's crazy to think that, and a lot of people are going to hate thinking that, but it's true. And you are exactly right. I mean, there wasn't really any other wrestling promotions besides the the territories back in the day. Right. And here, here's an so, interesting twist by Jared. He says, Linda still owns a percentage. <laughs> okay. The, 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 to me, Linda's McMahon, who is all but separated from Vince at this point. They're not divorced, but they're basically separated. Um, this is how I look at it. She she still owns a percentage, but at the grand scheme of things, how significant is it going to be when it comes to the sale of the company? It's not. It's not going to be significant. At the end of the day, it's going to be Vince McMahon who makes the full the big time call. The executive. It's almost in a weird Star Wars reference. It's like Vince McMahon was doing a executive uh, emergency powers were granted to him, like the Emperor was in Attack of the Clones, and you know. Don't get me wrong, uh, there's not going to be an Order 66 coming out anytime soon in WWE. But at the same time, you know, this this sale runs through Vince. That's the big thing. So does Vince, does that make, like, does that make Vince Darth Vader? Pretty much. Um, is that what that is right now? Pretty much. Yeah, let's face yeah. it. I, I, I yeah. I definitely go there. Um, So... Yeah. So with so we'll and of course we'll be definitely keeping uh oh here we go. Oh gosh. How about this? I buy it and shut the world up, then hire Shane and sell it to him. Okay. <laughs> okay. See and oh my that's your best friend. Just remember that, Babs. I, I'm hey, no, I no. I am totally I'm here for it. If you wanna if you wanna buy WWE Jared, I have full and uh, I'm sorry, Jared. Don't encourage it. Don't encourage it. <laughs> okay. okay. You, are not, you are not helping this scenario. <laughs> but that's what um, best friends do. We encourage each other to do stupid things. Right? Right. Yeah, but not if it, it leads to bankruptcy. <laughs> Jared's we would never go a... bankrupt. Okay, I hope Jared believes in reincarnation because if that's the case, then he's going to be need to be reincarnated about 15 times to make back all the payments he's going to need to do to buy the company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. There you Not go. Even my... just, mm, there See? You hear, Thank you, You can hear the smooches I... from here, folks. <laughs> Jesus. You can hear the smooches from here. All right. With that, we're going to now from WWE to a little bit of kids. I have a... Oh, God, hell no. Well, I'm, there's some, there was a joke I was going to make, but I'm above that joke and I'm not going to make it. So. Oh, say it. Say no. it. No. Say it. I don't want to. <laughs> I have morals. Uh, I have morals. Why? It's 2023. I'm not trying to get, it's 2023. Oh, okay. I'm not trying okay. to get That's canceled. Right. That's right. Um, we got to get down, guys. Yeah. Um, that said, folks. All right, we're going to transition now to some more news that came out just yesterday. 
So <clears throat> we have some news coming out of the Kansas City Royals organization in the midst of a uh, well, I mean, I, I hope it's not, but at this rate, it might be reserved. Um, I was like, but I think that <laughs> that ship has sailed, and unfortunately, that ship is the Titanic. Now, that said, we have news that the former Royals All Star center fielder Lorenzo Kane is going to retire. Uh, he's going to sign a contract with the Royals and retire. And there will be a retirement ceremony at some point during the upcoming season um, that, and it looks like it'll be taking place during the summer. Um, and it's interesting because, so Kane was brought to the Royals as part of a trade that sent Asidis Escobar, Jeremy Jeffries, and uh, Jake Adorzi from the Brewers to the Royals in exchange for Zach Ranke and Uniski's Escobar, or Betsencourt. Um, what's funny is, last summer, Zach Ranke entering his 20th year, I still don't know how that's possible, um, is back with the Royals. Now, over the course of his seven-year career with Kansas City, Lorenzo Cain batted 289, he hit 87 home runs, and had a 308 RBIs. He was an all-star in 2015 and was a top three MVP uh, finisher for the American League. And uh, let us not forget that Lorenzo Cain was also one of the reasons that the Royals won the World Series in 2015. Um, and honestly, it was not even much of... A battle, like I said, the um, Royals beat the Mets in five games, and the amazing play. It, yeah, I agree, Jared. The trade, it it still blows my mind how it happened. Um, but Lorenzo Cain, and you know, a rookie resume. But you know what? You you look at some of the guys on that 2015 Royals team, and we look at. You you have yourself um, Lorenzo Cain. You got yourself um, freaking oh where is it? I know. There we go. Johnny Cueto, Johnny Cueto, Wade Davis, Danny Duffy. Um, of course, the MVP of the World Series and one of the leading MVP vote getters in that year, uh, Salvador Perez. You know this and Eric Hosmer, Omar Infante, Mike Mustakas. Alex Gordon, God, this team was stacked. I tell you, it, it amazes me, though, unfortunately, how far they've fallen since then. But they went 95 and 67. Now, let's really think about it. The Kansas City Royals, who are predicted to finish with the 67 and 95 record by USA Today in 2023. Um, you know. It's it's nice to see that because especially since the majority of Lorenzo Cain's uh, career was with the Royals, you know it's nice seeing that he's getting his dues um, and the appreciation. He finishes in his he finishes his career with a two eighty three batting average um, and eighty seven home runs, four fifty four runs batted in and nearly 200 stolen bases which by today's standards is pretty decent amount 
Um, How many games did he have last year? It doesn't say. Yeah. So as far as last year, Lorenzo Cain um, actually only played in 43 games. Injuries really right. limited him. I yeah, yeah. I, I thought that he had an injury at some point. I just can't now, remember. From, from 2014 to 2019, he was averaging about 140 games a year. Um, oh, excuse me. His highest was in 2017 when he played in 155 games, which, once again, for today's standards, that's quite a bit, especially in the 162-game season now. But he got yeah. hurt in 2020. Only played in five games. Only played in 70, uh, 78 in 2021. Last year in 43. So, you know, he played in over 1,100 games over his career. But it just, you know, at the end of the day. Well, even with the limited number of, of like, games that he had, the, the stats are actually very good for the limited number of times that he's been at the plate, though. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Um, I definitely think that he had a real, he had a pretty good career. It was a solid enough career um, to where it's nice seeing him. He's probably going to end up in the Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame. I mean, come oh, on, yeah, for sure. they are honoring him in, in the in a retirement ceremony. Not even everybody that wears the uniform gets that type of recognition. Um. You know, and that's a player that was traded into the team, not even a, a homegrown player, too. Exactly. He was so, not, you know, an Alex Gordon or a Moose or Salvi. I mean, this guy was brought because he started with the Brewers, went to the Royals, then went back to the Brewers. Yet at the same time, everybody remembers him as a Royal. And I think that's what the most amazing thing about it is. So, congrats to Lorenzo Kane on a well on a job well done over the course of his career and wish him nothing but the best in his retirement um folks before we move on once again welcome to roundabout sports presented by interstate 70 sports media i'm the maestro jeremy carp alongside uh babs barbie over here um god god love her she's done so much for interstate 70 sports media with the graphics that that are posted your game day threads and everything um and which those also, will be starting again soon i am so sorry that i have not been posting those but it's like i said it's just been kind of crazy lately but those will be starting again soon guys i promise no uh, we look we definitely look forward to it um so with that before we get to having do henson on and talking about the nfl free agency um we are going to be talking about the World Baseball Classic. And it's interesting because there is a lot of Cardinals players in the World Baseball Classic. And by a lot, I mean 19. Pretty much everybody. Yeah, I was like, pretty much everybody. There are 19 Cardinals from the organization that are in the and this is the most of any team in the majors mind you but they will 13 of them have played in the majors they will represent 11 of the 20 participating countries so let me carefully go through the uh the roster here um okay. these are these are the players that are from the 
40-man roster that will take part. Um, we have Genesis Cabrera, who's uh, for the Dominican Republic. Giovanni Gallego, ah, Gallegos, can't get my words out, from Mexico. Miles Michaelis, United States. Um, Andre Palante, Italy. Jojo Romero, Mexico. Adam Wainwright, United States. Um, and Guillermo Zuniga from Colombia. Catcher, Ivan Herrera for Panama. Infielders, Ooh. Nolan Arenado for the U.S. Tommy Edmond for Korea. And Paul Goldschmidt for the U.S. And as far as outfielders go, Lars Nupar representing Japan. And uh, your bay, Tyler O'Neill. Uh, representing Team Canada. Um, and yes, this is, uh, and we'll get more into what uh, Jared said about uh, this being Wainwright's last full season in, ju in just a bit and in future episodes. But we got for the six minor league Cardinals, uh, outfielder LJ Jones for Panama, uh, pitcher Joseph King for Great Britain, Outfielder Matt Kopernick for Great Britain. Infielder Noah Mendlinger, Mendlinger for Team Israel. Outfielder Oscar Mercado for Colombia. And right-handed pitcher Wilfredo Piera for Panama. And if I got any of those names wrong, I deeply apologize. Um, so... It, it, and hockey players. <laughs> right. The, well, this is interesting because Nupar is the first non-Japanese-born player to be selected to play and represent Japan's team because he's eligible to play for Japan through his mother, who's of Japanese descent. Meanwhile, the same can be said for Tommy Edmond uh, because his mom was born in South Korea. Therefore, he becomes the first non-Korean native to play for the country. Um this is interesting. So this is the fifth and this is the fifth edition of the World Baseball Classic, and it'll see the field of teams expand to 20. It'll feature five team pools in the first round for Rob round robin play. Um oh, and there is one more person we forgot about. And I and I do get a, a kick out of this. The manager for Puerto Rico. Oh, Yachty. Yeah. That's right. Yachty or Molina. Totally forgot. Yeah. Exactly. We got we to gotta love good old Yachty. Um, what's funny is he first appeared in the WBC with Puerto Rico at the inaugural event in 06. God, he was 23 years old then. Oh, oh, I feel old now. And they may say why. I'm going to say because they think there was a time where Yachty Merlina was just 23 years old and he's almost 40 now. Um, and he then returned in 09. He was He'll be 40 in July. Stop. Just, just stop. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Quick, quick <laughs> side note. This is where Andrew and I were looking up, uh, names of, or which quarterbacks were older than in the league. Don't, don't even get me started on which quarterbacks I'm older than in the NFL right now. Um, and you know what, Jared? Just 
for those that are just listening, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, or Spotify, or Breaker, yeah, it says Jeremy forgetting one of the most important players. Hashtag anti Jeremy. You know what? I, you, wow! You, now you, you have your own hashtag. You, no, that's you're, not. You're going up in the world. You're no. going up in the world, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm going down in the world. That's that's where we're at right now. Um, okay, so what is your biggest takeaway from the World Baseball Classic so far, Babs? Uh, a few things, actually. Adam's starting uh, the game on Saturday with Mexico, and I'm hoping that that turns out really well for him. Um, do we know if there's a pitch count for MLB pitchers or no? Because I know that the one that Carlos was in, they had a 50-pitch limit. Yeah, so, so I was here wondering are... if there was something with that, too. Yes. So MLB teams have unofficial pitch counts for the pitchers to make sure they're not being overused. Now, um, that, or that do we know what that is? Good. Well, yeah. The, M, the World Baseball Classic has strict limits on how often a pitcher can throw. So they will be allowed to throw progressively more and more pitchers at each round. So let's put it this way. In the first round, a pitcher can throw up to 65 pitches. Okay. In the quarterfinal, okay. 80 pitches. And then in the semifinals and championship rounds, a pitcher can throw up to um, 95. Now, two things. Two things to know about this here. Um, pitchers can exceed the limit if they need to finish a plate appearance. Um, and then intentional walks will not be counted against pitch limits. So... And of course, unlike MLB, teams will not be able to use position players to pitch. There are mercy rules in place, um, so nobody has to be used too late in a blowout. So if a team is leading by 15 or more runs after the fifth, the game can be called. You know, the game can be called also by at least 10 runs or more after the seventh as well. Um, so on top of that... The best part, well, here's something I do love, and and I, I you know, I still don't like it for MLB, the pitch clock. <laughs> I shouldn't say I don't. Oh, I don't mind. I'm in the middle. There is no pitch clock in the World Baseball Classic, but okay, there obviously is a Major League Baseball, which has led to some interesting things here and there. But yes, go. I would love to hear more what you were delving into in regards to Adam Wainwright. Or I'm not Adam Way, right? About just the whole usage. Well, just in... just Adam too, yeah. Um, well, I hope that that's our first good look at how Adam's going to be for our season whenever it starts, and hopefully it's not. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it works out better than we all hope it will. Does that that makes any sense? Because I think fans are about fifty fifty on how Adam's been the last couple of seasons. And I just hope that this gives us our first good look at how he's going to be for us. And also, I'm kind of really excited about Lars being with Japan because it's been really kind of fun seeing him and Otani mix together yeah. and kind of see how they work together, too, because everybody's been saying that, you know, Lars is being the recruitment for Otani for next year for us. So, I don't know if that's anything, but it's just really kind of fun banter to see everybody talk about that. But um, 
yeah, it's it's like everything. And Tyler O'Neill was uh, actually hanging out with uh, Freddie Freeman today and doing some uh, at bats and getting some, you know, time together and see if they could get something worked out there. And um, I'm just kind of looking forward to it all. This kind of grown into something much bigger than what it was before. Um, about let's see, when was the last one? That was in 20 or 2019. 2020 yes yeah i think the last one was in 19 and and it was nothing like it is now like they didn't have all the mlb players that wanted to play in it they had mainly minor league guys with an appearance of maybe one or two mlb ready people but that's you know kind of like carlos did in 2019 whenever he pitched for the dominican republic and I think uh, Yachty was involved with that too, with Puerto Rico somehow, or I don't know if he was that year or not, but um, yeah, I'm just kind of looking forward to it all and go team USA. Well, look what, and Jared Post, team Canada. Team Canada too. Yes. Team Canada. Of course. Oh, there we go. Then, then there you go. (laughs) Team USA. Team USA. Right. Team whoever has the better scores halfway in. Um, well, let's put it this way. I'm going Team USA, but I'm also showing love to my uh, fellow Jewish athletes for Team Israel. So got to represent um, as best as we It's very can. interesting to know that Palante is with Italy this year. Like, that's, that's pretty like that. interesting. I like Palante. I do, Italy. yeah. That, that's really uh, interesting to of note. Um, so far... This is, mind you, folks. This is uh, March. This show is aired on every Wednesday, so it's Wednesday, March eighth. Um, the Netherlands beat Cuba four to two on Tuesday. Tonight, you will actually uh, Korea will be playing Australia, and the Netherlands will be playing Panama. Panama uh, already beat China China twelve to five. Um, and well, not China. Have but, they uh, allowed fans to Chinese have, a, to have they allowed fans into the Chinese games or no? Because the last time that they had the World Baseball Classic, they weren't allowing fans in there really. I think there was literally six fans in attendance for that game in 2019 for Chinese games. Well, I do know, um, that the baseball fans can bring, uh, Republic of China flags to games. Um, Can they? That's that's interesting. Yes. Um, it would not be allowed to distribute as broadcast schedule flyers or other ads inside the stadium, but yes. Um, there was a complaint in regards to that, but yes, they're, they are allowing fans attending games of the World Baseball Classic to bring flags it there in support of the Republic of China. So find that interesting. Yeah, Most that's a, maybe a little progress, a little. <laughs> just, so. just a, yeah, just a little. Um, just a now, little. I mean, it's nothing to write home to, but. No, not at all. Um, so Babs, I got to ask you this before we get Andrew on the show. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I posted on our Facebook page, Interstate 70 Sports Media, USA Today, 
has a six-person panel that they every year they produce a prediction of all or projection of all 30 MLB teams win totals. Now, um, for example, the team that they predict will finish with the worst record this year will be the Oakland A's if they even finish this year in Oakland at this rate with a 58 right, and yeah. 104. 104 oh no, I'm sorry. That's the worst record in the American League. They'll finish 58-104. By one game, the Washington Nationals, 57-105. and 105. They said um, they were going to win 58 games? They said the A's would win 58 and the Nationals only 57. That's being very generous for the A's, I believe, and that's sad to say. No, that's very generous. There's no way. Um, I look th- Then I look at the best team's projections in the American League. They got the Astros at 98 and 64. They got the Blue Jays, or I'm sorry, they got the Yankees at 95 and 67. They got the Blue Jays at 92 and 70. They literally have three 90 plus win teams in the AL East, the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees. Um, And then in the National League, the Braves at 98 and 64, the Mets at 95 and 67, the Phillies at 92 and 70, the Dodgers and Padres at 95 and 67. And then for the NL Central Division champs, they predict the Cardinals to win with an 88 and 74 record. So they're them and the Cleveland Guardians are the only two teams that are projected to win their division with more than 70 losses. See, I had us at at 90 wins. I had us at 90 and 72. I can go 90. I I can even go, I'll even go 93, you know, anywhere from 90 to 93. This is not a bad team. I think No, there's so much hype. The year right now is shadowed with so much hype surrounding Jordan Walker and what he can do. But what people are failing to realize is you're coming back with the reigning NL MVP, um, a rotation that looks much healthier than it was going through last year. You got a lineup that literally has Nolan Arenado, Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Wilson Contreras, you know, obviously you're still figuring out your shortstop situation, but you could have Brendan Donovan. You got Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newbart. You got all these guys out there. I mean, they're obviously better than anyone else in the division, but you look at some of the other teams that they're predicted to have worse records than. Look, I'm just, I know the Phillies swept us in the uh, – and Jared just commented that we have us at 89 wins. That's fair, too. That's, you know, anywhere in that late 80s, early 90s range. But I think the Cardinals are being overlooked on how well the team is. Now, how well the performance is a different story. You know, it always is. But I think on the grand scheme of things, the Cardinals are, are a good team, you know. And I think That's our pitching is a lot better than I think our pitching is a lot better than people are thinking too. I was really upset that we didn't re-sign Q, 
but I think we'll be okay because I hope that, you know, Michaelis has another season like he did last year. And I hope that Montgomery comes out, you know, like he did whenever he came from the Bader trade, which I will comment on this, that uh, the Yankees played the Cardinals today and they did have uh, Harrison Bader around uh, hanging out with the guys today. So that was also kind of fun to see today. Yeah. So. And then I look at the Royals, and they're predicted to be 65 and 97, which I think is completely outrageous. Um, I have them – hell, I have them about 75 wins, you know? I, th- and this is the thing. This is a good – a big question mark is going to be the lineup, uh, which is interesting because I think the, the pitching, in my opinion, has gotten a lot better over the offseason and in spring training. You take your lineup – you got your Salvies, you got your uh, Bobby Witt Juniors. Uh, the, the team is very young. This is a very young Royals team who, for the past five or so years, has been dead last in the league in ERA. They've really struggled at the plate. Um, but you can't tell me the Tigers are going to finish ahead of them. I mean, no. I, I don't see it. I don't feel like Detroit's a complete team. Plus, you get Cal Eldred out of the equation for the Royals. You get Mike Matheny out of the equation for the Royals. So I feel like they're at a better management setup, and the front office has changed around a bit. You know, I don't see them making a playoff push this year. I say give it maybe next year, maybe the year after that. Give it time for a lot of these young guys to get their footing. Um but I think their starting pitching will, will begin to turn a corner. And the, let's face it, the American League Central's arguably the weakest division in baseball. People will say it's the AL West, but I think the Mariners have, have really um, surprised many, and they're going to have another really good year, I feel. But I'm sorry. Now they have Colton Wong, too. Now they have Colton Wong. And look, I'm just going to say it. There is so much mid in the American League Central. The Twins, mid. The White Sox, mid. Let's not forget how people thought the White Sox were going to win 100 games and then go all the way last year. And look where they did. They crapped the bed. So you got the White Sox, mid. Detroit, below mid. Royals, borderline mid. The Guardians are the only ones, you know, and their ownership is so poor. They're lucky they can afford their star players. They've let they've let way too many good players go because they have such cheap ownership. So, yeah, I guess we'll the see. I guess the turning point will be how the the new management handles the team, pretty much because. I mean, with Matheny, we all kind of know how that goes a little because the lineups kind of change day by day and there's really no consistency with it. But yeah, it's, it's, I I really hope that they can find their bearings, so to speak, and and make some noise at least a little because they kind of deserve that because it's like you said, they, they went from being on top of the world to now they're down where the Orioles were, like, you know three years ago so exactly and nobody wants to be where the old <coughs> were three years ago right um 
So we will see how that plans out or pans out. And folks, be sure to, you know, give us your predictions and projections. You know, this check out our Facebook page at Interstate 70 Sports Media. Check out our Facebook page at Roundabout Sports. Um, like I said, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Anchor, and Spotify, and so many more. Babs, it's been a pleasure having you on. I know you um, have to get going, and I know Du is waiting backstage, wanting to be ready to roll with our NFL talk, but I can't tell you how much I love having you on, and I know I'll talk to you soon, and it's always a pleasure. All right, and I will see you guys next week, hopefully. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Let's go Battlehawks. <laughs> go Battlehawks, and let's go Team USA and go Wayno. Absolutely. Have a good night, Babs. Bye. All righty, folks. So here on Roundabout Sports, it is about that time where we will be shortly having our next co-host, um... Do Henson be ready to join us as we delve into a lot that's going on in the NFL. Um, there's a lot of moves getting ready going on in the NFL free agency. See, as baseball draws near, football frenzy is here. And, oh my goodness gracious, there has been so many moves. But I can't talk about it alone, folks. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the one, the only, Do Henson. How's it going, dude? What's good, man? I'm doing all right. Look, we've talked about it before off screen, but these, you know, free agency is just a few days old, and we've already, just this week alone, we've already seen some wild moves. There's a lot to come, too. That's the crazy part. So I want to kick us off with um, talking about. Derek Carr to the Saints. Now, Derek Carr was one of the most sought-after quarterbacks on the market. Um, mm -hmm. He wasn't getting what he wanted from the Raiders, and the Raiders were not even going to entertain the idea of giving him what he wanted. Raiders already gave up on him. The Raiders gave up on him, and you could tell by the end of the season. You know, mm -hmm. they benched him the last two weeks. They gave up on the Derek Carr experiment, which... Derek Carr is the franchise leader in passing touchdowns and yards and everything. Um, so it, it is a very acrimonious way to split from the franchise that people yeah. felt he was the face of for so long. Um, so in come the Saints. Now, the Saints thought they had it made when Jameis Winston joined the team because, obviously, Drew Brees retires. So you're left without a quarterback. You got James Winston now coming in. He gets hurt. In comes Andy Dalton, the red rifle himself. Solid, but not, you know, spectacular by any means. So the Raiders, or not the Raiders, um, the, the Saints end up going for Derek Carr. And it's interesting because Derek Carr did not cost that much. He really didn't. It's you a, know? Do you know how much it was? I know it was a four-year deal. 
Yeah, so Derek Carr's contract with the Saints um, was actually a four-year deal worth $150 million. Now, what a lot of people are going to say is like, oh, wait, 150 million? Yeah, a lot of people are like, what? That's not That's not a lot? That's a whole lot. No, it's, rest- it's structured because, look, you will not find many teams in worse cap hell than the New Orleans Saints. So there is a chance that he will get up to $100 million guaranteed. As of now, mm-hmm. at least it's sixty million guaranteed. He has a full no trade clause, um, and you know this. It, it's interesting because you look at the team, and it, it's structured in a way to where they don't take many cap hits, which is the best. And that's part. what the Saints need. Yeah, the cap hits do not affect the Saints as much as it would. And I think this also shows that because he was willing to go with this type of deal, it shows that, you know, it just wasn't going to work in Vegas anymore. I agree. It it wasn't going to work with the Raiders. They wanted him to go. Um, And it, it was one of those relationships that just couldn't be healed. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame and because you. Oh, go ahead. I, I feel like the Raiders used him to get Devonte Adams. I was thinking that as well because you take a look at Devonte Adams. What you're you're telling me? But see, and this is where I do bring in the question mark on second thought because wait a minute, you bring in Devonte Adams, you got Darren Waller, albeit injured for most of the year, you got the rushing leader and Josh Jacobs. And yet you give up on your quarterback? Who is there to get right now? And we'll delve into over the next over the rest of the segment some of the other quarterbacks that are either signed or traded or whatnot. But Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy G is probably at this point, he might be the top free agent in 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 the free agent market right now as of Lamar. We're going to definitely talk about Lamar. Lamar, to me... He's not not, a free agent, but technically he kind of is. Right. You had mentioned that to me last night, and I'll let you shortly delve into Mm -hmm. why he is, because it is an interesting spin on the whole situation. Um, Another big... Well, we'll talk more about the quarterbacks later. But there's a sleeper quarterback people aren't thinking about. Well, the next one I was going to bring up, this came on uh, March 6th, was actually... Geno Smith with the the Seattle Seahawks. Look, Geno deserved the Comeback Player of the Year award. It was beautiful. Nobody – we saw what happened uh, in 2021 when Wilson was hurt. And we didn't – folks, for those tuning in on on podcasts and just audio-only platforms, uh, Dew is showing off one of his – star uh geno smith cards that he has he's got a, he's got an amazing uh geno smith collection so and he's just showing off one of the many so geno smith you know had some rough outings with the seahawks in the beginning but then this year comes along and look the seattle seahawks gave up not much honestly for russell wilson he was he wasn't worth much so 
Yeah, but at the same time, he definitely wasn't worth what Denver gave him. But who are you to say no, right? <laughs> I know I would. If, right. If a team comes up to you and says, "Here, we want to give your thirty. You want to give up uh, two first, two seconds, a fifth, and a player or something for your thirty-four-three-year-old quarterback and a cup and another pick and another player, maybe uh, sold. Hmm. You know, that's how we're gonna do it. So, you know. This is on Monday evening. He signed for a 75 million deal year, uh, 75 million over three years, 30 million guaranteed at the signing. Um, yeah, so 105. Yeah, so 105 in total. Um, he had a his first Pro Bowl appearance in in 2022. He threw 30 touchdowns in in the season. Um, it's interesting because what I like about this signing. It's cheaper than the tag, the franchise tag uh, against this. A franchise tag for a quarterback, thirty-two point four million, and they could have tagged Crazy. him. They could have tagged him, and I don't even think he would have been hurt because a lot of people had their reasons to doubt Geno Smith. But mm -hmm. instead, the Seahawks say, "Look, we're going to roll with you. We know your career hasn't been what people had." had thought it'd pan out to be but you're our guy now russ is gone you know and we're and we got all these picks we got this cap money that we can use kenneth walker kenneth walker dk metcalf tyler lockett i mean this is a good chance for them they're the seahawks are going to become a team now that's not going to be built on the defense anymore they're going to be built on the offense you know, they got their most success when they were the Legion of Boom, when they were the defensive forefront. But I think now we're back to the old days where they were more of an offensive team, you know, where they were most electric on the offensive side of the ball. And given the absolute mess that is the NFC West, this is the perfect time as ever for Seattle. Real talk. I mean, you really look at some of these – teams in the division we're going to delve into some of them shortly but i look at where seattle is they did the absolute perfect thing by signing geno smith to an extension geno <laughs> now as far as extensions go <coughs> um we i mentioned to you about the franchise tag and those tuning in the franchise tag price for a QB is $32.4 million for a one-year, basically a one-year deal. Um, you said – now, Daniel Jones on the Giants said he was worth about more than $45 million. You said um, before – you know, a couple of days before the show this week that he was worth around 30 to 35 mm -hmm. I put him at 25 to $30 million a year. It turns out the Giants must have listened to you because they gave him a four-year extension for worth 160 mil with an additional 35 mil in incentives. Mm -hmm. This is the thing, though. Daniel Jones only had 3,200 passing yards and 15 passing touchdowns. And I get it. I know what you're going to say. It's going to be about the running he did as well. The rushing attack, the dual threat, which is something you don't <clears throat> expect from Daniel Jones. But 
you're paying a guy that much money who only threw 15 touchdowns? Make it make sense for me. A lot of it goes into how he manages the games in crunch time. A lot of the games were won in crunch time. And also, you got to keep in mind, the QB market is not going down or staying stagnant. It's going up and up and up. So you're going to have to keep paying quarterbacks more and more. That's why people like Lamar Jackson want so much. That's why you had to pay someone who's getting old, um, Derek Carr, you had to pay him that much. People might not think he's worth that much, but it's because the quarterback market is continuing to rise. And Daniel Dimes, Danny Dimes, is a young quarterback still. Well, I look at some of the records, I mean, or <laughs> some of the scores, you know, we remember they these listen to some of the first few games. Some of the Those first few rough. games, yeah. Um 21 to 20, they beat the Titans. 19 to 16, they beat the Panthers. They barely lost to the Cowboys by a touchdown. They won four straight games, and all of them were by a score or less. Um, there was only one game. There was actually, I take that back. There was only two games this year where they actually really got blown out. Um, mm-hmm. 44 to 22 loss against the Eagles and the 31 to 18 loss against Detroit, you know? So in fact, this is the, but this is the thing also, let's take a look that Philadelphia had their starters in, in the last week of the season and the. Giants had their backups in, and they still almost beat the Eagles, who were the NFC champions. Crazy. And what's even better, that quarterback that started that game is now Russell Wilson's QB coach. (laughs) Which, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm pissed. I'm pissed if I'm Russell Wilson in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back to the whole Danny Dimes extension, they are they were in a scenario. You have two players that want to get paid, but you can only franchise tag one. You're either franchise yeah. tagging Saquon or you're tagging and extending uh Danny Dimes, or you're tagging Danny Dimes and extending Saquon. The only and reason I feel like they extended him was because of the running back market. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's business. Uh, running backs run out of life way quicker than a quarterback does. Huh, literally and you know, metaphorically, I look at especially and, when you're Saquon. He's their entire team. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes Saquon is the team. Um, I mean, and it's another reason the Cowboys. And we'll throw this out there quickly. It's why they tagged uh, Tony Pollard. You mm-hmm. know, they don't. They didn't want to sign him to a long term deal, but they knew they couldn't lose him. Because Running look what he did last year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so, and they already have enough trying to figure out with what the hell to do with Dak Prescott. Hmm. Um. So, <clears throat> I I still am very hesitant on positive thoughts regarding the Danny Dimes extension. I I like I said, I've said it every chance I get to talk about the Giants on this show. I was completely wrong about them this year. I said they were going to go three and fourteen, and they ended up going to the playoffs. You know, um, and good for them. I'm happy for them. 
I think it was great to see, you know, coach of the year, Brian Dable, you know, it was great. And Danny Dimes was flashing. It was, it was awesome. Um, they even won the wild card game against the Vikings. Um, and of course, wow. in a one score game. <laughs> so, so we'll see what, how this plays off. Now, I look at some of the uh, quarterbacks that are technically available right now on the free agent market. Um, are we going free agent and for trade or just free agent? Because there's a lot of quarterbacks that are pe- that teams are willing to trade as well. Uh, you know, <clears throat> ones that they're, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go with ones that are both. I'll tell you why, because there's some that are officially not off the team, but mm-hmm. are not extended yet. That were only signed okay. to maybe. So if these are Let's guys who, got. yeah. So I have four names in mind. The first one I have is who you mentioned earlier is Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Um, the second guy I have is Baker Mayfield. There's my sleeper. The third guy I have is actually Sam Darnold. They want to extend him, by the way. Yeah, we'll and we'll see how that plays out, right? And the fourth guy I have is my sleeper of all this, Taylor Heineke. Mm. You know, and you and the Commanders are in a position now to where look, people thought they were going to go for Lamar. They didn't get Lamar. They still, and we'll get into this because I know they still can <clears throat> technically, um, but. Right now, Taylor Heineke is still the starting quarterback, especially since Carson Wentz got released. Now, I didn't put Carson Wentz on there because I don't consider him a top quarterback in the market. Carson Wentz is too injury prone. He makes too many mistakes. And he's probably one of the biggest thieves in football in terms of money since Sam Bradford, (laughs) as far as quarterbacks go. So, but some other quarterbacks on the market, too, technically. So who are some of the ones you have in mind? So we got Lamar, of course. You know, you can't forget about Lamar. I was going to say Carson Wentz. We also got Aaron Rodgers. That is a very true point. And um, and I'm blanking on the other guy. Who's the Titans QB? Oh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, they've. Or uh, shortly after the season, they express interest in potentially moving him. And then that 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 brings up the question of Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Stafford's all, is Stafford's on the same boat as Ryan Tannehill at this point. And if you got Baker Mayfield, yep. you know the Rams have an interesting situation. They have four quarterbacks. You know they got Wolford, Perkins, Mayfield, and Stafford. You you want to have faith in Stafford because of the fact that you gave up so much for him. Mm-hmm. And you won that Super Bowl with him. But Baker Mayfield is a lot younger. And in the games oh, he lot. played the, and the games he played last year, especially Ballers. for the Rams, he did a lot better. You know, a change of scenery is all it takes. Sometimes. And, and so, and look, 
the end his end time with Cleveland didn't go well. Um, even his time with Carolina didn't go well. But he comes to the Rams, and without Cooper Cup, mind you, or Van Jefferson, that was wild. You know, he leads the Rams. You know, to victory on prime time. <clears throat> so, yeah, I look at some of these another guys. Uh, another oh, scenario ahead. out there. Um, so say hypothetically, say the Green Bay Packers end up keeping Aaron Rodgers. What do they do with Jordan Love? Think Jordan Love is a potential hot commodity? He shouldn't be, but he will be, I bet. Mm-hmm. So here is here are all the quarterbacks. So there's 37 ranked quarterbacks as unrestricted free agents. Um and I'm looking through. You, you got guys like Easton Stick, Bryce Perkins, Tyler Huntley, Cooper Rush. But then you work your way up the list. Tyler Huntley. Uh, yeah. Now, Chad Henney's retired. But here's Taylor Heineke uh, with a hit of uh, their average annual value is was $2.3 million. Um, You mm. got Mike White. You got Joe Flacco. You got mm. Jacoby Brissett. Um, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, you got, um, <coughs> Andy Dalton now, you got Chase Daniel, Blake Gavin. There's a lot of names on this market. Jameis Winston? Um, I believe Jameis Winston. He, I don't think he's been, uh, cut yet, but I think he no. will be. He, yeah, he with has them, been. PJ, with I think Walker car. too. Mm. There, this is a, a very crucial year for the quarterback market. Um, and Christian, thank you so much for tuning in. And yeah, the Jets are looking at, at a rod. Um, they can and have very me. true for those that don't know. Uh, do is a big Packer fan, and despite that, for the past few years, has been and I've known him long enough, he's been an advocate for Aaron Rodgers going to another team, but it's not out of any type of hatred or anything. He has the the uh reasons and i think now the thing of it is before you didn't really have a quarterback that could replace him you literally draft jordan love in the first round two years ago listen what did i say but you insist on hanging on and not when i mean you i don't mean you personally but i mean team the team the packers are insistent on trying to keep a rod even though they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. And they wonder why he struggles when he's out there, except for a couple good instances, because he doesn't get the reps that he needs. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers ain't, ain't letting him play. No, and it's very selfish. And you're gonna and it's it's almost like it, you know what? It's a Ryan Tannehill all over again. Ryan Tannehill would not let Malik Willis play. Or he went from Brett Favre. In, oh yeah. Well, Brett Favre's selfish for a lot of reasons. So, and I'll tell you that right now. And I'm glad you Be mentioned careful that. Careful, to us. Yeah. Well, you know what? Bring it on. I'll join Pat McAfee's cause. Um. So. I rock with Unk. Yeah. <laughs> and Shannon Sharp. 
Um, so anyway, I look at some of these top free agents. So, and then you had the rumors about veteran quarterbacks like, heaven forbid, and I love him to death, but there ain't no way he's coming back. Phillip Rivers, they rumored that Phillip Rivers was getting in talks with with teams like the Niners and Dolphins. Um, then, he, then he, he confirmed that teams reached out, but he did not mm-hmm. confirm anything about him planning a comeback. Big difference. Um, and then you have Tom Brady, who has made it clear he's... Yeah, with Miami, and he's made it clear he's staying retired. So forget that. So I want I want to get into the Miami quarterback situation for a second. Yeah, um, and I know I'll be probably having you on closer to the draft as well because of this. But <clears throat> like I said on that list of quarterbacks earlier, two, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is one of the guys that are going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. On top of that. You got the issue with Tua, the many health issues going on. We've we've said it before of how bad Tua got basically screwed over by the Dolphins management based because of how they just let him go back in after suffering concussion after concussion. Speaking of health, um you it's you know the DeMar Hamlin situation really kind of put what happened to Tua on the back burner for everybody. And everyone kind of forgot that Tua, Tua was in a bad situation too on the field. He was. I mean, you see this like, guy like trying to get up, and he's moving, and he's trying, but he doesn't know where he's at. Ain't that crazy to think those both happened in the same year? It is, and it's crazy to think. And there's an old song called "Dazed and Confused" by Led Zeppelin, and that's exactly what Tua was in those games. Worse than that. I mean, he had no idea what was. <clears throat> On. And the Dolphins said, "Hey, go back out there." Or they'll put, and then they put Teddy, and then he got injured. And it's <laughs> if I if I'm the Dolphins, if Tua retires within the next year or two, uh, they have no one to blame but themselves. And I would applaud exactly the way because first off, I'd get the hell out of Miami. I wouldn't even want to be on that <laughs> um, organization when it comes. And it's not because of the players, because that's a freaking loaded team. But if you're going to have piss poor medical management by that organization, yeah, this and for a league that is constantly, I mean, since we've been out of high school and out of college, how much has the NFL emphasized concussion protocol protection? It's so crazy how much they've actually talked about it. It's it's a really big deal to them, right? And, and they've also be. stated it is the medical staff's job to protect the players from themselves. Yeah, because you know that how many football players would say they're not really as hurt as they are. I ran we a race were on like a dislocated that. ankle. I ran yeah, a race we, on a dislocated ankle. What do you expect? Yeah, exactly. You, you we, told me we I can go run like out there, tape my ankle, and I'm I'm in. Um. So, yeah, with that, we'll see what happens with the um, NFL free agency with the quarterbacks. Now, I look at who is – I do want to go to the – hang on. There we go. 
I wanted to delve into now, and this is big, because and I want you to be able to explain it better, um, the Lamar Jackson situation. Now, mm. not tune in. Lamar Jackson, this this whole thing, the whole issue between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens is because of two people, Russell Wilson mm. and Sean Watson. If they didn't get big boy money like they did, Lamar Jackson wouldn't want big boy money. <laughs> Daniel Jones wouldn't want big boy money. Derek Carr wouldn't <laughs> want big boy money. The market, you you know, Andrew, we all know that the quarterback market is the biggest market. But the market went sky high when Wilson got traded, when Watson uh, got traded. With those fully guaranteed contracts. Yes, sir. Um, it's to the point where they have to restructure them to help the teams out. And you look at Lamar Jackson. Now, look. I know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Patrick Mahomes is the only player in the NFL who I feel is worth Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson money. And he's making a lot more than that, and it's also because of incentives. But he's the he only has a player. lot of incentives. Yeah, he has a lot of incentives, and he's the only player in the entire NFL. There's 53 players on a team. Times that by 32. That's a lot of freaking players. And every free agent you can think of, I don't care what anybody says. And Tom Brady's retired, so don't even bring – you know, folks, don't even try to be – Aaron like, Rodgers. Yeah. No, Aaron Rodgers is not worth that either. <laughs> I still think he'll have the record for the TD ratio, huh? He's getting paid the same. He's he, he deserves big pay, but he doesn't deserve what Watson is, because they don't even it. Like I said, it's Mahomes, and I'm standing by it. So Lamar, of course, feels that he deserves more. After all, Russell Wilson. It's not that he wants more money; he wants more guaranteed money. Well, yeah, I should, you know, I'll clarify. He wants more guaranteed money. And that is a huge difference. That is a huge difference to say you want guaranteed money over just a contract. Because you can sign a guy to a 10-year, $300 million deal, but you can only maybe give him $20 million guaranteed. That'll definitely not mm -hmm. ever happen these days, but I digress. <laughs> so Lamar Jackson in the Ravens fought through hell to make a deal. Ray, Lamar wanted this. The Ravens wanted the opposite of that. They weren't getting anywhere, but they don't want Lamar to go anywhere. So what do they do? They sign the non-exclusive franchise tag. And Andrew, go ahead and tell the folks listening what the non-exclusive franchise tag is. So the non-exclusive franchise franchise tag is it's thirty-two million, and basically it's um he's. He's able to negotiate contracts with other teams, and the Ravens have a chance to match it. But if the Ravens were to let him go, then the Ravens were to get are going to get two first round picks for Lamar Jackson as compensation. And that is why Lamar Jackson isn't going anywhere. I'm I I, I don't see a team that really is going to say to themselves is. Giving up two first-round picks worth the risk of getting Lamar Jackson, who, look, one of the most talented athletes in the NFL over the past few years, over the past decade, I'll go that far, 
But <coughs> injuries. What is the biggest thing Aaron or not Aaron Lamar Jackson has to, that works for him? His legs. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's injured, and the injuries are to his legs, you're gonna rely on him to be a pocket passer. You can't. Lamar Jackson cannot be a pocket passer. Do I got to bring up the one they try to change to a pocket passer? Bring him up. That's fine. And see what happens. Colin Kaepernick. Exactly. Colin Kaepernick was a great thrower on the run. And then look what happened. Like, it it just doesn't pin out because Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson, if you want to change the style of a quarterback, do it when they're in college. Don't do it when they're in their fifth year in the NFL. That, that That's the problem I have. And that's why I also think he is a good fit for the Ravens because Harbaugh knows what he's doing with him. John Harbaugh has the perfect system. The team was made for him. The team revolved and was built around the idea of, hey, we got Lamar Jackson. We can run the offense with him. It was a Lamar Jackson-styled offense. And that's why the Ravens have always been competitive in Lamar's career. The problem is the injuries start to pile up, and they have nobody to rely on beyond that once playoff time comes. The the um, Ravens <clears throat> have depth. You saw that when they went through running back hell last year, and four of their <laughs> ended up on injured reserve. That was awful. You know, if it was not Dobbins, it was uh, Gus – Edwards, it was Kenyon Drake. I mean, it was everybody. So I look at even the quarterback and Lamar. If you want to include him as the fourth, there Huntley. you go. Huntley. Oh, well, and Huntley. Yeah. So, and they don't have receiver depth. They now, and I know you, yeah, and I know you're a fan of uh, Isaiah Likely, but let's be real. Say Mark Andrews is out for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. They're screwed. Mark Andrews is a top three <clears throat> tight end in the NFL. and Only because he's got more experience. But that plays it's into only... it. Yeah, mark my words. Isaiah Likely will be that guy. If you run a two tight end off- offense, you know, you'd be getting it somewhere. Now, if I'm the Ravens... The Ravens have not given any indication to Lamar that they want to keep him long term. They don't because they they because they don't respect him enough to do so. They even went as far as to say that Tyler Huntley can do everything Lamar can do, if not better. And how did that go? Hmm. Cincinnati. When Bengals, Lamar got hurt, they were two games ahead in their in their um division. <laughs> See how mm-hmm. that happened? Turned out. You know. I'm not going to act like Lamar Jackson's a bust because he, he's the farthest from it. Dude's an M, former MVP. He's an electric athlete. He's setting records, you know. Um, and if he was healthier and the Ravens had better help for him alongside the either the offensive line or in the receiver group, he could do even more. The problem is when you have an offense built around one guy and that one guy goes down, you're screwed. And that's what the Ravens are. And now Lamar Jackson is finally saying, look, if Watson can get $230 million 
and Wilson can get over 200 and something million. I'm worth <laughs> at least double. I'm worth about that much. And then you got to bring in accolades. Does Deshaun got an MVP? Because I do. <clears throat> yeah. How many you know? playoff wins Deshaun Watson got? I actually don't know the answer. But I know I got one. That got to count, right? <laughs> That's got to count for something, right? Yeah. Just saying. Like, I was going to say, Deshaun Watson is 1-2 and two in the playoffs in his career. They got the same um, amount of playoff wins. I was about to say, <laughs> Lamar Watson or Lamar Jackson. Um, and this is the thing. Who has a better winning oh, percentage? Hmm. Yeah, he, he's only won one, but at the same time. No, I'm talking about he, overall. Oh, yeah. Winning percentage, you know, give it to Lamar. But once again, mm-hmm. it ties back into the team you're around. Mm-hmm. But once again, I look at Lamar and I say to myself, look, I'm going to be the first, as a, as a Browns fan, I'm going to be the first to say, look, he goes to another team in another division. I am not going to complain. <laughs> You can trade him and bring out, or you can some team that can give up two first rounds for him for all I care. But if I'm speaking from the purely analytical perspective here, I'm saying the Ravens are being absolutely disrespectful to Lamar Jackson, who is the best quarterback this team's had in in their history. The only one, that, or I should say second best. Joe Flacco is the only one that's been better. <clears throat> Joe Flacco, Yeah, you, and Lamar, you have was your top you, three. This, this is the thing. There's literally been four quarterbacks. Or I'll say five. I'll say five main consistent quarterbacks in the team's <clears throat> history. Trent Dilfer, God help me there. Um, <clears throat> Steve McNair, Kyle Bowler, um, Joe Flacco, and Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> Very not spectacular group and to say Joe Flacco is the best out of and there's a difference between the best and the most talented mind you Joe Flacco is the best Lamar Jackson is the most talented Lamar Jackson's a top five talented quarterback when healthy Mm -hmm. because he can do more it's he's it's like what he's what Kyler Murray aspires to be basically Um, yeah, something like that. You know, and so the Ravens put that tag on them, and if a team – and they can match any offer another team puts out there. <clears throat> That's another thing. So if someone <clears throat> offers $50 million, the Ravens can do that, you know. And um, I got this question from multiple people. Multiple people are like, yeah, I'll give you two first-round two first picks in a player. That's not how it works. You're giving up just two first-round picks. It's not a sign-in trade. It's literally you're signing him for two first-round picks. Yeah. A lot of people are getting that mixed up. Because Lamar Jackson technically is not under a contract. Which is crazy to think about, you know, because it it does seem like, given what it looks like, that he is Mm – a contracted player on the team to where, hey, <coughs> say you're say you're the Rams. Okay, you want a quarterback and you need a guy that you want to prove can do it? Hell, give up two more first-round picks. You'll be backed up till 2038 anyway. So <laughs> give up two first-round picks. Give 
away Allen Robinson to the Ravens. Look, that's two first and Allen Robinson. Ravens need all they can get. And then give them Lamar Jackson a pick. But they can't do that because it's not a sign of trade. Not unless Lamar Jackson were to agree with the Rams, do a deal, and both sides agree, and then they do a sign and trade. Right. Which and at the, is not out of the picture yet, by the way. It's not out of the picture, but at this point, Lamar Jackson's just fed up with everything. He's fed up yeah, with – because he hasn't signed his um tag yet. Right. They, they, placed, they only placed the tag. Technically, Lamar Jackson <laughs> didn't even sign it yet. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a question for you. Does Lamar Jackson play the Le'Veon Bell card? I think he will personally. <laughs> and for those that are wondering, Le'Veon Bell card is him sitting out the season because he didn't get what he felt he deserved. Which is terrible. A terrible it's idea terrible. for both parties. Because then well, he won't be up to NFL speed anymore. And you see what happened when Deshaun Watson came back. He was nowhere up to NFL speed. No. And you look at... Well, and the thing of it is, Deshaun Watson was gone even longer. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson was gone over 700 days. That's a lot of football to miss. Yeah. You know, I look at Le'Veon Bell. His career was over, basically. You know, after nothing that. much after that. His career was basically over. Lamar Jackson, do, do I feel Lamar Jackson being disrespected? Of course. But do I also feel that I don't – or I do I feel like I understand why the Ravens are doing this? Of course. They're protecting their own ass. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Say they sign him to a freaking 210 guaranteed money million dollar deal. <clears throat> he tears his ACL week two. They're out. Game over. I'd say he, I would say sign him to a five year, $200 million, 150 to 160 guarantee. And I think you got a deal, which is a lot. It, yeah, it's a lot. Um, you also are going to have to make sure there's incentives in there. Uh-huh. There's going to have to be incentives. People don't understand. Like that's, I, like that's I said, the only way you make cap space work. Right. Cap, it, the way the cap works is that you literally, it's not just that, hey, I'll sign you, give you this, there. Now we only have this much to work with. No, it's how it's structured over the years. It's how what each dollar is based for because you have your base salary, your incentive salary, your rollover. I mean, it's like a whole damn personal finance class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, it just, it just blows my mind. We'll see. And we will see. Um, <clears throat> well, Andrew, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Wait, as, uh, oh, there's, I got one more thing I want to say. Go cool, two more. Where will okay, Orlando Brown end up? Will he get re-signed? Oh, and that reminds me of one more thing. But after uh, we get uh, to your points, Orlando Brown, I think he stayed. I think they do something with the Chiefs. He does something with the because they said they won't franchise tag him. Well, they didn't. It's over. You can't do it anymore. So I was gonna say the franchise tag session <clears throat> is over. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'd keep them. That's a big one. Yeah, I understand. Look, if I'm the Chiefs, and and given though their whole situation, Andrew Wiley, 
is on the verge of becoming a free agent. And mm -hmm. you you obviously want to keep Creed Humphrey. Yeah. There's Joe Thune, you know, there's all these guys on the offensive line that you want to keep, but you can't keep everybody. The mm -hmm. Browns went through the same issue um, in the 2022 offseason when they were trying to keep J.C. Treader, Jack Conklin, Wyatt Teller, and Joel Batonio. They were able to keep three out of the four, but Treader ended up, you know, they had to, they, they made the decision to cut ties with Treader. Mm -hmm. Fortunately for them, instead of kicking ass for another team, he ended up retiring. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, now where do you think Orlando Brown will go or what <clears throat> will happen? I hope he stays. <laughs> yeah. And here's one more big point I got. All right. What are the Eagles going to do? So they've already expressed that they want to sign Jalen Hurts to a big extension this offseason. So they're set to lose C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Javon Hargrave, and James Bradbury. They, they, I think they need to hold off <clears throat> on the extension. I their agree. Defense was, their defense was a whole huge reason. I won't say the whole. I meant I meant that a huge reason why they made it to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not going to act like everybody can do what Jalen Hurts did. Jalen Hurts had mm -hmm. a phenomenal season. But – People overlook how much the running game was a reason for their success too. And then if you go to defense and you lose your two, two your, you know, a starting corner and a safety who were, you know, two key pieces of your secondary mm -hmm. in Hargrave, I mean, you're literally, once again, it's letting a team fall apart for the sake of one player. You'll, even if and, it's your quarterback. Yeah, and... I, and I think Jalen Hurts, though, <clears throat> is humble enough to understand that, hey, we got to put it off. We got to put it off. Mm -hmm. Which brings up me to the point of what about Jay, not Jalen Hurts? What about Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert? What mm. about their extensions? You know? Man, the Bengals are in shambles, too. The Bengals are in shambles because not just because of their O line. Look at this. You got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase. Let me tell you something. You extend your Burrow. You... Go ahead. What? No, you go ahead. So we we know about uh, Joe Mixon and the gun situation, oh, right? Oh gosh, yes. Did you hear about Jamar Chase apparently uh, abusing or assaulting his girlfriend? And she said she has pictures. And it is. She said it's her goal to ruin his career now. Yeah, it's baby it mama. Actually, yeah, it says his ex girlfriend threatens to release uh, videos that will end his career. Her name's Amber Nicole. Um, and now she says, "Quote you have now, Mister Chase. You have some skeletons in your closet. Um, I know the real you. Stop dodging the courts and responsibility. You know yourself. I have multiple videos that will end your career in one post." I'll I'll have my attorney at the Bengals facility in two and a half seconds. You know what's up. Um, now at the very least, this is going to force Jamar Chase to say something. Mm -hmm. he has that, to like, know. well, at the bare minimum, he's, he has to speak out because now that's all it's going to be talked about. Which Joe now, Mixon? Does, now that does that affect the contracts with Joe Burrow? It affects the contracts with Joe Burrow, but in a weird way. 
Do you think he? Do you think they'd be more inclined to pay him more? Yes, that's where mm-hmm. I was kind of leaning because mm-hmm. that's yeah, what that's look, what I was trying to get at. Because this is what I think is going to happen. I think out of those three wide receivers I mentioned earlier, T. Higgins is getting the biggest contract. He should. I think because, and it's crazy to say, T. Higgins has proven himself to be the best of the bunch on that team. And I know a lot of people will make big plays here and there. Jamar Chase is the big playmaker. Tyler Boyd is the sleeper demon. And T. Higgins is that consistent force. Mm -hmm. But the reason people are so infatuated with Jamar Chase on the Bengals is because it's his old teammate with Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. It's the old connection. Every time, every time Burrow throws the touchdown to Jamar's face, oh look, it's just like what they did at LSU. Oh my gosh, all oh, the college days bring back so many memories. Yeah, well, guess what? It's not college anymore. Joe Burrow is a pro quarterback. You're a pro wide receiver. Although, if what happened, what what this lady says is true, you may not be a pro wide receiver for long. Um, there it is. And, and then now back to Justin Herbert. What about Justin Herbert with Mike Williams gone? And whatever happens with Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. Not you Mike know Williams. What? I meant Keenan Allen. I'm yeah. tripping. You're good. <clears throat> yeah. With my with Keenan Allen gone, all but gone. Um, it affects it because see, I there's two types of teams. There's the teams that make a quarterback extension. After they take care of other players, and then the ones that take care of it before, and that's They're, when you did like the they, Chiefs. They had to take care of uh, Patrick Mahomes. They had to. Yeah. Um, look, if they could sell half the stadium rights, they would. If they if they could sell <laughs> half the city of Kansas City for the sake of keeping Pat Mahomes, I think they would have found a way. Um, mm-hmm. But you look at. Teams like Cleveland, they made sure their offensive linemen were extended. Good they made deal. sure Chubb was extended. They made sure uh, <laughs> Miles Garrett was taken care of. They made sure a lot of their key pieces were taken care of at positions they needed before they went ahead and got Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. You look at And also the way they set his contract oh. up. Yeah. And it was huge because, yes, he, he counts 50 mil against the cap this year, but they are working on restructuring, and it was only one mil against the cap last year. Um, mm-hmm. And what did they do last year? They extended Denzel Ward and Jack Conklin. Two mm-hmm. key pieces right there. So, but then you look at a team like the Bengals. Okay, well, let's say they extend Joe Burrow this offseason. <clears throat> say they will. extend – yeah, well, let's say they extend Justin Herbert. The Chargers extend Herbert this offseason. Look at what these teams need. First off, money. Second off, um, the Bengals need an O-line. That, that They'll never all, go anywhere. I love how they were all talking about, hey, we got an offensive line. No, the hell you don't. <laughs> you ain't got no O-line. You were just <clears throat> as bad as before at the offensive line. So, I don't know. And I know it's something we're going to be keeping tabs on um, as time goes on. But I do know that it's a good question with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. And because those are key pieces. And now that with this whole Jamar Chase thing and Joe Mixon, 
Mm-hmm. Bengals are a mess. Maybe Mike Tomlin will never have a losing season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Shout out to Mike Tomlin, uh, baby. Uh, all right. Well, folks, that's going to about wrap it up on this week's episode of Roundabout Sports. But before we go, as always, first, I want to thank Babs for being on earlier this evening, co-hosting with me. And I want to thank Du Henson for being alongside me for this half. Um, as always, we post on the show the NAMI hotline, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, you can call it at 1-800-950-NAMI. That's 1-800-950-NAMI. Also, we always post the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline here on the show. Um you just have to dial 988. The line is open 24-7, 365, 366 on leap, year, leap years. Understand that you're never alone out there in the world. There is always somebody out there that loves you. It just takes that one phone call, that one text message to reach out to get that person. And you out there listening could also be the voice or the ears for that person as well. So always remember, it's just a call away. Um, so thank you all very much. I'm the maestro Jeremy Carp, and always remember, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Good night, everyone.